0: There are only two words left to say when it comes to Israel and Gaza, and we are going to speak them here today, child. Also, the housing market is in the crapper, and I'm going to tell you why. And we are going to talk about what it means to be wealthy in America, as well as my weekend in Long Beach. Oh, yeah. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the CorelCast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Carell Cast. I am Carell. So very glad you are joining me on this Monday. Better late than pregnant. I mean, better late than never. Uh, so very glad. A lot to talk about today. And I got to tell you, I traveled this weekend. And the one thing on everybody's mind uh, is the same thing on yours. Is there a world war brewing? Uh, what you know? What's going to happen in the Middle East? It seems to be escalating, not de-escalating. And a lot of people have a lot to say about it. And that's upsetting the Jews in this country, in Israel. Really, you are now being labeled an anti-Semite, if in any way. Uh, You know, and people are talking out both sides of the damn mouth. I support the Palestinians and their right to exist. However, I feel Israel should be, you know, so they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, And really, there's only two words that we should be saying about this now. Uh, And, you know, the notion, look... I don't like Dave Chappelle. I do not like him. I don't like his stance on anything. I don't. But he had people leave the auditorium uh, because he started talking about Israel, and he is not pro bombing the hell out of Gaza. You know, he he just says that. You know, he said, "Look, these people live in a prison, uh, and you know, you beat a dog so much it's gonna rebel, and you know, this is not the way to peace." And I don't agree. You know, I don't like him, but nowadays. Jews want blind support. They want, you know, and the Jewish community is speaking out, saying, look, we support the Palestinians. We don't wish them any harm. We don't. Then why do you make them live in a prison? Okay, so no one's getting to the bottom line. And you're an anti-Semite if you question any of it. If you, you know, Joe Biden is, is, I believe, wrong right now. Okay, because there's only two words. That should be coming out of Biden's mouth. And that's not Where's Waldo. That's cease fire. Now you're going to say if Israel ceased fire, Hamas would not. They'd keep lobbing missiles into Israel. They always lob missiles into Israel. And Israel has Iron Dome and that protects it. Okay. They always lob missiles into Israel. That's nothing new. What's new is Israel bombing the hell out of Gaza, moving a million people, ground incursion, bombing now Syria and Lebanon as preemptive strikes. A world war is brewing because Israel is escalating it. You know, it's just, it's that simple. Israel needs to calm down. There needs to be a cease fire. and it's very hard to say that to a victim of such a horrendous crime. Okay, what happened to Israel is a horrendous, horrendous crime, a, a, a complete act of terror. It's completely and totally horrible. Okay, there's, there's just, there's no two ways about that. Hamas started this, this escalation. It doesn't matter what how Israel was treating them. That doesn't matter. What matters is Hamas started this with their attack on innocent concert goers, raping women, killing babies. They did unspeakable acts of terror. There's no two ways about that. But, you know, if you're going for the eye for the eye thing, everyone's blind now. More people have died on the Palestinian side than on the Israelis. So you've exacted your retribution. But no one will tell them to calm the fuck down. No one will say, Israel, cease fire. Stop. Stop your ground incursion. Stop. Yes, we need to get Hamas out. Yes, we need to get back to the diplomatic table. But no one will tell them to calm the fuck down. And not our president. He's sending money. He's sending bombs, which means we're sending money. We're, I don't want to support Israel's war. There, I've said it out loud. I don't want to support this war, not the way it's going, because it's going to turn into a world war, because they're going to keep attacking places like Syria and Lebanon, and Iran's going to get involved, and oh God, it's it's going to get ugly. Over what? Retaliation for a terrorist attack. I don't think we need to be pulled into a world war over this. There needs to be a ceasefire. Step back. Take a breath. Now you say, you know, Corel Hamas will keep firing. Yes, they will. You know, until Hamas is weeded out, until the Palestinian people stop turning to Hamas, until the Palestinian people actually get a more moderate spokesperson for themselves, it's going to be hard to move forward. But both sides can't claim to be right, and the world is not siding with Israel like Israel wants it to. And you can call me an anti-Semite if you want, but I say cease fire. Stop. Stop. Be the adult in the room. You know, no one is going to annihilate you, Israel. We would never let that happen, ever, in a billion years. We're not going to let them annihilate you. Yes, the terror attack was horrible. It was. It was It was unspeakable. And yes... You had every right to retaliate and you did retaliate okay you did and you had every single right to do that but how much now is retaliation versus provocation how much now is retaliation versus we're going to finally end this once and for all by genocide You know, Jews should be a little more sensitive to things like wiping out a people because of who they are. Because they are wiping out Palestinians based on the sole fact that they're Palestinian. Isn't that what happened to them? Shouldn't they be a little more loving and understanding? They're in a blind rage right now, and we're condoning it. And I don't condone it. You know, you you, can't... you know, it's vigilante justice. That's what they're doing. They're just bombing indiscriminately, oh, hitting hospitals, hitting, you know. And yes, what the Hamas did was terrible. It was horrific. You know, we should not have bombed Iraq after 9-11. We killed innocent people that had nothing to do with our war. Nothing. We Iraq didn't even attack us. And it's the same thing, Israel. Calm down, step back, stop, cease fire, call for a three day cease fire. If Hamas breaks it, they break it, but at call for a cease fire. Stop escalating the war. Because otherwise, there's no end in sight. And it will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And nobody wants that. No one in Israel wants sustained fighting. No one in Gaza or the West Bank wants sustained fighting. Oh, a small group do. Hamas does. But did Israel ever consider that this is a trap for them set by Hamas? That Hamas would do something so terrible that Israel would respond the way they're responding, and all of a sudden the world would then turn against Israel because they'd say, look, it's overkill, stop, and... They're, Hamas is getting what it wants, Israel. You need to calm down. Peace, civility. You know, and sometimes it takes one party to be bigger than the other. I think we all can relate to that. You know, Jesus, turned the other cheek. Sometimes, even though you've been wronged, you have to not retaliate. But they did. They've killed more Palestinians then Palestinians killed Israelis. The eye for the eye is met. But you're going to make the world blind with rage, and I don't want that. I want Israel and Palestinians to be able to live in peace on both sides. And I know that means Hamas has to go. But this is not going to get rid of Hamas. This is going to recruit more members. We didn't get rid of Al-Qaeda with our response to 9-11. We only got them more members. We didn't get rid of the Taliban. They're in control. 19 years in Afghanistan and the Taliban is in control. We didn't win that war. Learn from us. Calm down. Cease fire. Get to the diplomatic table. Stop the killing.
1: Stop. God. Both sides. Join Carell in Long Beach, California October 21st as he is placed on the rainbow wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185, East 3rd Street, 1pm to 3pm. That's October 21st, 1pm to 3pm in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event.
0: I haven't had time to take that commercial out. I promise it will be gone on Wednesday. Um, Okay, so, you know, I was talking to my friend David about Long Beach Real Estate because, yeah, I wouldn't mind living back at the beach, to be honest. You know, I really enjoyed the weather when I was back. Well, except the day of the award. Oh, my God, it was so freaking hot. But anyway, you know, walking on the beach with embers, 60 degrees, gulls, you know, and the, the waves and all the people. I saw more gay people this weekend than I have in Las Vegas in two years. So... I certainly wouldn't mind, but the real estate market in Long Beach, no way. Just no way. The median home price where I used to live is now $850,000, which is $150,000 more than I sold my house for. And I thought selling it for 700 dollars was something. But, you know, that's uh, $150,000 more. So, and there was a house on Ocean Boulevard. My friend David said, well, it's been reduced. I said, by how much? He said, $50,000. I said, how much is it? He said, $4.1 million dollars. And so this morning we were talking, and he said, we only have one escrow going. He works in real estate. And I said, yeah, I was reading that the housing market is slowing down. And I said, but they're acting like that's not to be expected. Interest is almost 8%. Okay? It's, in some places, it's over 8%. And home prices have skyrocketed. On a $500,000 home, well, let's say a $600,000 home, and you put 100000 down, your mortgage payment would be $3,700 a month. If you bought a median-priced home, which was $850, and you put $150 down and you financed $7,000, your monthly amount would be $5,500. We did the math this morning. People can't afford houses. The housing market is slowing down Then, for no other reason than interest is too high and prices are too high. People don't have the money. They just don't. Condos, condos, San Francisco, Los Angeles, even in right now in my city, right here in Las Vegas, condos are going for $300,000 plus, $250 on up to live in Vegas. And no offense, but mm, you know, $250 on up. And so again, let's say you find a $300,000 condo, you put $50 down, you finance $250 at 8%. That's $21,000 a year in interest alone or basically, you know, two grand a month in just the interest. So, or it'd be about $1,700 a month in interest. And then you add in your principal, you're at $21, $22, $2,300 a month, which maybe is cheaper than rent, but, you know, people don't have the money. They don't have the money for the rent. And it's funny because USA Today just published a story about what Americans think wealth is, like how much how much money do you have to make to feel wealthy. The upper 10% of income earners, which we would agree are wealthy, um, their median income is $2.6 million. So the upper 10%, the average income is $2.6 million. The rest of the 90% of us, $72,000. To feel rich in America, or, you know, to people were asked, how much per year do you think you'd have to make to feel rich? The answer was $483,000. That's how much you think you need to make to feel rich in America. Now, how much do you need to be wealthy? According to the numbers, to be in the wealthy bracket, you need to make $2.2 million a year. $2.2 million dollars a year and of those surveyed that had money they asked okay do you feel wealthy what number are you secure feeling wealthy they said five hundred and sixty thousand a year and they feel wealthy and then 1 million is still the magic number everyone says getting to a, once you get to a million you feel like you're rich those numbers are staggering 2.6 million for the median income of the top 10 percent 483 to feel rich, 2.2 million to actually be wealthy, 560k a year to feel wealthy, and 1 million or more, you know, to actually be in that club. Only 10% of people have that. And so the only people that can afford a house that's 800,000, 900,000 according to the statistics if you're spending 6 grand a month on mortgage and insurance and all of that, then you have to make 18,000 a month or $200,000 a year. So right now, if you don't make 200k a year or more, you're not buying a house in Southern California. Right now, if you're not making 300,000 a year or more, you're not buying a home in the Bay Area. Right now, if you're not making 300,000 or more a year, you're not buying a house in Seattle and so people subsequently aren't buying houses because they can't afford it. Gas was $5.86 a gallon in Long Beach. $5.86 a gallon. I went into grocery stores obviously cuz I had to buy stuff. Grocery prices were out of control. I paid $7 for a water or for a cantaloupe. $7 at Trader Joe's for a cantaloupe. A package of strawberries was 5.99. One one one-pound package of strawberries in California, where they grow them, $5.99. Grocery prices, out of control. Gas prices, out of control. Rents, out of control. Home prices, out of control. And where are we? We're down here struggling, trying to make it, trying to trying to make that money, trying to you know find a way to survive and thrive in today's world. Ain't none of you making five hundred thousand dollars a year, or just a few of you are, ten percent of you statistically. And so, what do you do? I don't know. Uh, thank God I own my condo. There's no way I could buy a house. I could sell my condo, but I could not buy a home anywhere else for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or two eighty, which is what the condo would go for. I could not. Oh, you say, yes, you could, Corell. Yeah, if I want to live in some backwater place in Georgia or some of the hills of Tennessee, sure. But no major metropolis, not New York, Miami, Orlando, San Francisco, nowhere, Palm Springs, nowhere can you buy an actual home for $250,000. So then you're going to have to finance, get a mortgage at 8%. People aren't doing it. They're not, it's just, they're checking and buying a house off their list. Subsequently, realtors are not bringing in the money they used to bring in. Escrow companies, all of that, they're, they're not making the money they used to make because people don't have the money to do it. So where do we go from here? We got to get home interest rates down. I know they're trying to slow inflation, do the, I'm sorry. You're just pricing people right out of the market. There's no way you can, and home prices have to come down. There actually has to be a crash. And I say that, that you know, as a homeowner, it's terrible that I will lose a ton of money, but there has to be a crash because otherwise no one's going to be able to afford houses. You know, there was a time here at my complex during the COVID if, when a, a, a unit went on the market they lined up. When the downstairs unit went on the market, they had five people waiting in line out front to see it. Now places are staying on the market in this complex for months. Months. I mean, there used to be a waiting list to see the units. Now, months. Why? Because again, they're they're going for $280,000. Let's just say $300,000. At eight percent interest, that's twenty-four thousand dollars a year in interest, or two grand a month. So you add in principal, and your payment's going to be twenty-five hundred a month. People just they don't have that, and so they're not buying. Now some do two in you know two-income households. They're both working. They both have a hundred thousand dollar a year job, and so yeah, they're making two hundred k a year combined, and they can. Ooh, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. And they can. My air conditioner clicked on and the vent made me sneeze. But if you're not making 100K, 200K a year, you're just not. And everyone I talked to, I was talking to a representative on the phone one day. He was in Georgia and he said, and my wages are not keeping up. He said, they are selling townhomes here in Georgia for a million dollars. He said, townhomes, a million dollars. He goes, and my wages, I can't afford that. He was in Atlanta. He said, I just, I can't. He goes, the cheapest townhome you can find in Atlanta now is like 600000 700000 He's like, I can't do that because my wages are not keeping up. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the whirlwind cavalcade that was my week, lessons I've learned, how the ceremony went, and all of that. Uh, thank you for following me on social media, really youtube.com forward slash really corral. And for you patrons, I love and adore you. Let's arrange a call for next Sunday and then let's do it. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's get together, honey. You and me. You're not visiting really daily. You're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes at really That's really K a R E L.com.
1: Hey what are you doing October 21st? Why not join Carell in Long Beach, California as he is placed on the rainbow wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185 East 3rd Street, 1pm to 3pm. That's October 21st, 1pm to 3pm in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and his late partner Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event.
0: Alrighty, Didi. Then uh, Saturday, I was inducted into the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Memorial Park, as you Harvey Milk Promenade Park, uh, as you heard. Stuart Milk, who has cancer and is uh, going through chemo, was there. Gave a rousing speech. He's a big activist. He's you know worked with Obama, worked with Biden. Uh, on and, and in fact, there's now a, a ship, a Navy ship named the Har- USS Harvey Milk. Uh, And that's a huge deal. Uh, And he dedicated that at the dedication ceremony. Uh, At that ceremony, Obama wanted him to reverse the dishonorable discharges of people like his uncle, Harvey Milk. And he refused. He said, no, those were mistakes and you should live with them. You know, and Obama hung up on him, actually. So here's my plaque. Uh, It's a plaque and it's beautiful. And it says, Harvey Milk uh, Park Equality Plaza inductee, 2023, presented to Carel Boulay and Andrew Howard for your outstanding commitment, remarkable contributions and achievements. They are a legacy to the LGBTQ community. Through your efforts, you have created safe spaces, advocated for rights and empowered countless individuals. Uh, and that, that's very, very sweet. Uh, also, we got a ton of certificates. Uh, this one from the United States Congress, from uh, Robert Garcia. I got a commendation from Congress. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, And then, of course, the mayor of Long Beach gave me one. The city council gave me one. The California legislature gave me one. And the county of Los Angeles gave me one. I got like five certificates, uh, including one from Congress, which is very cool. Uh, And the ceremony was hot, very hot. Amber was Done. She was so done after an hour. She was up there on stage with me for an hour. And then after an hour, she's like, Dad, it's time to go. And it kind of Well, I mean, all these politicians were like pontificating. It's like, can you get to the inductees? We're dying back here. Uh, it was only in the 80s in Long Beach, but that was hot. It was hot because of the humidity. And it was just hot. People were only, there were seats all empty everywhere. Everyone was back in the shade. Fifteen friends. I had more friends than anybody show up. David G. Hall showed up. Phil Hendry showed up. Thea Austin showed up. Anthony Smelkovich, Daniel Charleston, Daniel Amspa, Devin was there. Um uh, Hannah Bolte was there. So many people were there. I mean, so Emily Johnson was there. So many people. Um Brandon Crispo was there. So many people were there. Uh and he took video and stuff, and I gotta edit it all. I'm you know, I'm just back. Uh, but I gave a speech that everyone said was incredible, and I don't remember because they told us we didn't have a speech. They said, you only get like a minute. Well, that wasn't true. Everyone gave speeches. So I just went up there and winged it. <laughs> I'm kind of good at that. Uh, and the crux of my speech was that Andrew and I didn't want to be the first gay anything. Okay? We didn't set out to be the first gay talk show host on a major market station. We set out to work. We were good at what we were doing. We were a great radio team. We were a great team just period. But we were a great radio team. He was the yin to my yang, you know? He was he was a remarkable co-host for me, the only co-host for me. I've never had another sense because he was the one. He could cut me off, cut me down, shut me up. And when he didn't, when he didn't when he really wanted to win the argument, he'd stand up and drop his trousers. Not making that up. There would be times we'd be arguing and Andrew would stand up and whip it out because, and I would just lose all, I, I, that 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 bad. And he knew that because he was beautiful down there too. Um, so I gave a speech that, you know, we are in danger right now of, of just all of everything being undone and that Andrew didn't set out to be the first openly gay anything, nor did I, nor did Harvey Milk. We wanted to get stuff done, but we refused to do it as anything but ourselves. And it just was never an option to not be who I am. It was never an option for Andrew to not be who he was or to be my partner and let everybody know. You know, that we didn't hide our relationship from anybody. We didn't care who knew or didn't know. And so that was my message in my five-minute speech was, you have to live authentically. You have to be who you are, even when it's dangerous, especially when it's dangerous. You have to be who you are, even if it makes you unpopular or gets you fired. Uh, God knows I've been. You have to be. You don't have a choice. And I know people say, yes, you do have a choice, but you don't really. You know, black people have to be black no matter what. And the same with you. You have got to, if you're if you're not letting your light shine, if you're keeping your light under wraps because you're afraid, stop. I don't care if it's with your husband or your wife or your children or your job. I don't care if it's about being gay or what it is. You have a light inside of you, and you have to let it shine. You have to show the world who you honestly are, who you authentically are. Andrew and I did on air what we did at home. There was no shame in our game. We flirted with each other, we yelled at each other, we disagreed, we agreed, we were passionate on air because we lived passionate lives and we loved, we loved each other, we loved our staff, we loved our friends and we brought all of them along on the journey because that's what you do. You bring your family with you. You bring your friends with you. You don't exclude people when you're starting to have success. You don't exc- You love, you bring them all together. There were so many people there to see me. Why? Because I bring people together. That's what I do. I insist they all come. And then they all see each other and they're like, oh my God, this is so fabulous. Well, of course it is. Family, togetherness, love comes through authenticity, through being yourself letting your light shine, even if your opinion's unpopular, even if your way of life is frowned upon, you have to be you. You have to be real. And if they don't like it, pick a finger, you know. It, you know really? you can't you cannot be afraid of alienating people along your way. Screw them. If you're being a good person or as good as you can be, and you're being as authentic as you can be, and they don't like it, too damn bad. You know? Fuck them. Truly. Just screw them. And so that was the crux of my speech. I was a little overwhelmed. I cried a lot that day because Andrew should have been there. But also because I was receiving accolades for my achievements for the gay community, and yeah, I've saved actual lives, stopped kids from committing suicide. I've advanced, you know, I've opened doors in radio and television and the like for gays and in print and all of that. Yeah, I've done that, but all I, I, the way that I did it was just by being me and not being apologetic about being me and by caring for everybody caring for the gay kid that's calling during the break, caring for the oppressed people, standing up and being a voice for people who can't have a voice of their own. But I just think that's what humans are supposed to do. So when you get an award for just doing what you think everybody should be doing, it's a little odd, you know, it's, it's a bit strange. It's like PFLAG, I never understood PFLAG. You're supposed to love your children. Jamie Lee Curtis is on the cover of the Advocate because she loves her trans daughter. She's supposed to love her trans daughter. I didn't wear. I was not aware it was an option to not love your child. Hey, it's Correll. You're just doing Edward what a parent like supposed to, thank to do. You for joining us today, and remind you, there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below, or go to youtube.com/forward/slash/ReallyCorrell. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons of Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Corel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel, be who you wanna be so I don't hurt anybody, and subscribe and participate today. I ain't done yet. Tell for me, I ain't done yet. I've got some more to say, I ain't done yet. The show must go on, I ain't done yet. I'm gonna carry on. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. I got so wrapped up in the segment, I'm not done yet because you know I traveled down there uh, twice in one week. Uh, and when we came back, Las Vegas airport was a fucking mess. Ground stop of an hour. They announced we after they rush us into the plane, they're like, "Oh, we have to sit here for an hour." And then Southwest had the nerve to charge me for internet, and I, I have a Southwest credit card, frequent flyer, all that. Ugh, just, just ugh. Uh, but I wanted to ask you what kind of traveler you are. See, when I got home yesterday, I put all of my stuff away, unpacked, put all the clothes in the washer, uh, started the laundry. I did all of that before I fed me an ember. I did put everything away, all the chargers back, all the clothes, dirty clothes and the laundry clothes I didn't wear, went back to where they're supposed to be, suitcases put away. Is that the kind of traveler you are? Because that's the kind of traveler I am. At the hotel, I was packed the night before, so that morning I didn't have to wake up and pack. Oh, but what a week! You know, Amber got sick in Long Beach. She got sick. at Friday morning at 1 a.m. Amber threw up, uh, and and here at at the house. And I thought, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Uh, they said, well, just monitor. So she then she did breakfast and everything was great. She was fine. So we went on the trip, and and she was marching through the airport and everything. And then when we landed, we went to lunch at two o'clock at Veggie Grill, which after I ordered grub from them on Saturday, I'm so mad at them. Because they gave them the wrong bag and there's nothing Grubhug can, you know, can do but refund you. So I'm sitting there with someone's wrong order. Who orders a dozen chocolate chip cookies? Someone ordered truffle mac and cheese, lentil soup, and a dozen chocolate chip cookies. That was their order. And I got their order. I had ordered a salad and lentil soup. But then no, oh no, I got 12 cookies, which I did eat three. Uh, but anyway, we landed, went to Veggie Grill, and, and they gave me an electric car, uh, a Kia Niro, which was a nice car. But I didn't know where to charge it before I brought it back. Oh, you just find an EVgo place. And so I found a a place, charge point. I plug it in. It says it's going to take two and a half hours. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here two and a half hours for this car to charge up. And they said, oh, well, you can find faster places that'll do it in 30 to 40 minutes. And I'm like, well, how do we know that? You know, it's like you give me an electric car at the rental place. You don't give me any maps to where to charge it. You don't tell me which is the best place to charge it. I returned it in 90%. She said, well, that's more than most people do. So uh, anyway, but it was a great car. A Kia Niro it was electric. It was very cool. It took me a long time to figure it out. We got in the Nero. We went down to the marina there in Long Beach, went to Veggie Grill, had lunch, brought Ember back to the hotel. She ate her lunch, and then she threw up. Uh, and that's twice in one day. So my vet up here said, well, to be on the safe side, you might want to bring her to her urgent care just to have her vitals checked, make sure she doesn't have a fever. So I ended up at an urgent care Friday afternoon in Long Beach, uh, which I didn't like that urgent care. I did not like it. It seemed kind of ghetto, but whatever. Um, So $200 later, normal vitals, gave her a nausea shot, selenia, something like that, serenia, and then gave her sub-Q fluids and said don't eat the rest of the night. Well, she ate later that night. Uh, and then, um, you know, her appetite slowly came back, although she lost a half a pound over the weekend. So today I'm worried six. So I'm just like feeding her everything. Uh, cause it's like, oh, does she have cancer? Cause her voice is still hoarse. And it's like, oh God, just one thing after the another. So yeah, last week was like lump on my leg being, amber or, uh, ultrasounded and x-rayed and Amber throwing up and urgent care for her on Friday. I was like, everything's trying to stop me from getting there tomorrow, but I got there and my friend showed up and it was fabulous. Uh, and then, you know, we get to the airport an hour early, and Southwest cusses me out because you have to go to the counter and have them verify your service dog paperwork, which I have. And the guy said, oh, no, you're supposed to do it at the ticket gate. I said, sir, I've been flying with her for eight years, and I've always done it at the counter. Well, we're changing that. And he's a liar. I left the ticket gate or the, the you know the check-in gate, and I sat down, and I called Southwest. And she said, no, sir, he's wrong. Uh, the, the rules say either at the ticket counter or at the gate. You can do it at either one. So the guy just didn't want to deal with me. And the Long Beach Southwest people, they are the worst. They're the worst. And if you even try, if you even elevate your voice a alo- little, don't yell at me. I'll have you removed. Fuck you, ticket agent. You are not God here. So anyway, that got me very angry yesterday. It got me angry enough to call Southwest. They gave me a $150 voucher. I said, I'm not used to being lectured to by some employee at a ticket counter who doesn't know his job. She goes, no, you shouldn't have been. And I said, no, I shouldn't have been. And then we get on the plane, and they make us wait an hour to take off. Oh, it was a comedy of errors. And then I get home, unpack, you know, everything. Then had dinner. Uh, I went to a drive through uh, No butcher. I never had hers. Now, she's eating normally now. She's eating like she always eats. So I'm hoping that over the next week, she actually regains the half pound that she lost. If not, it means there's something else going on with her. Uh, But it was a humbling and remarkable experience. It It was joyous, and it was humbling, and it made me feel old, I have to say. It did, because they're talking about all my accomplishments and everything. And I thought, well, I'm not done yet. I wasn't the only inductee to say that. They all said, God, it sounds like we're dead. Uh, But, you know, I I even said that when I went up to the mic. I said, well, it sounds like I'm dead. Uh, But, you know, I'm not done yet. But it's wonderful to be rewarded. It's just odd to be rewarded for doing things that we all should be doing, living out and proud, living who we are, helping others, always trying to help your community, trying to help disenfranchised communities you know, trying to speak up for those that can't speak up for themselves if you can. You know, that that's really what being a human is about. At least that's what I think being a human is about. And so I, I've never had a choice. I can't imagine sitting by while somebody is being wronged. I can't imagine not getting involved when you can, or even when people don't want to involved, you know, just lending a hand, pitching in, helping a blind guy down the street, whatever it might be. I can't imagine not helping people. I just, I don't, I don't even know what that's like. I can't imagine not helping my friends. I can't imagine not being there for them when they need me. I just, I, even if they don't, you know, I can't imagine that. I guess there are people who don't, and and I guess we reward the people that do, but as, in terms of the gay community, I've always been out in front, whether it's in print You know, writing things since I was 15. I went to see Harvey Milk. I talked about it with his nephew. I saw Harvey in Long Beach when I was 15 because I made my school paper cover the Briggs Initiative. My school paper didn't want to, but I threatened that I would go to the major paper in town and tell them my school paper was censoring me. So then they let me. And I guess that's activism. I guess getting Andrew on the drug study and him being involved in the drug study and him being open about his HIV AIDS and him allowing people into that world on the radio, hearing what he went through, hearing him when he was in the hospital. I guess that's brave. But for us, it was just the way that things were. We didn't really have a choice. You know, I've never had a choice. I got to be me so it was fabulous and wonderful and thank everyone for online for all your great wishes and all of you telling me how deserved it is and the head of long beach pride vanessa romaine came up to me and said your name's been a nomination for 12 years it's about damn time and i was like well thank you i guess uh you know so everyone it's it's been incredible and yeah coming home was very lonely coming back to, to Las Vegas and just being here with Ember after a weekend of my friends and a weekend of, of events and being on stage and all of that, coming back here, my medical anxiety already kicked in. I've already given myself a brain tumor and Ember's got cancer. Uh, and, and it my medical anxiety was not you know out of control in Long Beach. I mean, yeah, I had to bring her to the urgent care, but her vet told me to. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't out of control that I missed the award or anything. So thank you. Thank everybody. Thank you for your kind remarks. Um, You know, and and I would like to know how you travel. What kind of traveler are you? Do you unpack and pack? And do you have a routine? You know, I have a routine. I got to be packed the day before. And then the odds and ends just go in that day. Uh, And then when I come back, I have to unpack right away, do the laundry. And before I leave the house, I have to do all the dishes and all the laundry. I can't come home to dirty dishes in the dishwasher. I can't come home to dirty laundry. All of that has to be done before I go. I can't. I just will not come home to, you know, clothes in the washer, clothes in the dryer, or dirty dishes in the dishwasher. Oh, no. That all has to be done. I am Carell. Be who you want to be. So not hurt you, buddy. We'll see you on Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday like the you know, TV show, Wednesday hour. We'll see you when, Wednesday. Moa. Love you. Love
1: you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this wonderful week. Join Corell in Long Beach, California, October 21st, as he is placed on the rainbow wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185 East 3rd Street, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., That's October 21st, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event.